Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And I am your host, of course, Michael Sherlock. All month long for June, it's called Pack Your Bags with this series because you all know I'm dying to get back out and traveling in the world again. And the purpose this month is really to get us all to start having a little bit more of that wanderlust, you know, the desire to go somewhere, see some things we've never seen, learn things we've never learned, and most importantly, meet people to realize that no matter where we are in this world, most people are actually very much the same despite our differences. And my my guest today is an author and he has also traveled to more than 70 countries. Um, Actually, I think he's traveled to more than 98 countries. So we're getting close to hundred there. So Malcolm Teasdale was born in Coventry, England. He's a successful entrepreneur who spent all his working life in the tech industry, and he was successful at creating software development companies, so software development companies, not just the software, and the most recent of which he sold to a major corporation in 2013 for its intellectual property and workforce skill set, which means he built something incredibly value valuable. And uh, I think he's enjoying a little bit of his retirement, but he still keeps writing. So he's created markets in all major continents and sold products to customers in over 70 countries. So there's the 70 versus the 98. And his company received numerous industry awards for product quality, innovation, pioneering technology. And because of all these things, he's spoken at many trade shows, industry events around the world. So since he retired from the industry, he now travels to more than unusual destinations in the world. And his purpose is just kind of what I highlighted earlier, to search out rich cultural experiences, like places like Nepal, Mongolia, Tibet, Bhutan, and um, Borneo, just to name a few. Can't wait to see where he wants us to go. He's also written several books about business and adventure travel with an emphasis on history, geography, education, and of course, humor. So uh, not only does he uh, have all this richness in his background and was originally from England, he actually has also lived in Canada, Wales, Singapore, and he currently resides in the beautiful state of Florida. So joining me today is Malcolm Teasdale. Malcolm, thank you for joining me today. Well, very much for inviting me on. And that's quite the introduction there. I've never had one like that before. It's pretty <laughs> uh, impressive. I've, You've done quite a few I'm, things. <laughs> basically, I better be careful what I say here and all that. But anyway, I appreciate you having me on your show. It's a great show, by oh. the way. Oh, thank you. And I appreciate having you here too. I can't wait to uh, learn about nine. I have not been to 98 countries yet. In fact, I need to think, I think I've been to 14 though. So that's not bad. Um, I'm going to have to look it up. I have this little thing app on my iPad that shows countries you've been. So I need to go back and check my numbers on this, (laughs) but I have been to Singapore, which I absolutely loved. So, you know, I know you've had an incredible history and then you started, you know, writing books about you know, adventures and travel, so to speak. So yeah. you know, tell us a little bit more about you and your books and, and what you do today and how you believe or why you believe that travel helps all of us to shock our own potential. 
Oh, well, thank you for asking me that. Yeah, my business life involved a lot of travel, by the way. In fact, I emigrated to the United States back in 1985, oh, uh, thanks to the company I work for, who, <laughs> who, who offered me a transfer to Boca Raton, Florida, um, preempting a contract in Papua New Guinea, of all places. Anyway, I moved here. And I worked for a technology company. It was very, very good, actually. And uh, I really enjoyed working for them. But after quite a few years, um, myself and a, uh, a work colleague of mine decided to do our own. We wanted to start our own business, developing some software, um, of which my existing company had a product as such at the time. But we thought we needed to make something better, leveraging existing uh, technology that was already on the market. Anyway, we did that. And we were fortunate it, it uh, took off. And uh, well, that was in 1998, I believe. We had a company before that, but that's another story. But the, the most recent one, 1998, which we sold in 2013 mm -hmm. to a major corporation. Um, obviously, having business, it, we had accidents, trip ups, and uh, challenges along the way. Um, but eventually we sold it. My colleague, he wanted out because he's a bit a year or two older than me. And it, it was about time. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's I was on the road a lot and we, we bailed out. But the key to our success was probably involved in travel international business. Mm -hmm. And we knew or we thought we had an international market out there. So we decided to try and capitalize on that. Challenges along the way. But I think one of the things... What I try to do is learn about foreign cultures at an early age. And mm -hmm. when we go overseas to meet with these companies to sell our products, we wanted to make sure we understand the business culture. And yes. it, that was a worthwhile investment. So that's when you mentioned I've been to all these countries and we've sold product into a lot of countries. And that was the result of that. Now, it's Latin America, uh, or South America, Latin America, of course, Asia, Europe, and Africa. So it's pretty mm -hmm. much all over the place. So suffice to say, that's what happened. And so effectively in 2013, I did take early retirement. I was still fairly young at the time. I didn't, didn't do anything for six months, got stupidly bored. <laughs> <laughs> then I got approached Then I got approached by uh, some sort of entertainment agency. He said, hey, Malcolm, you ever done uh, public speaking on cruise ships? Mm. I said, I, I, I'm not, I've never been on a cruise ship, so I don't know. Um, so think about that. And um, since probably about 2014, uh, I, I've done some gigs for various cruise lines doing public speaking on cruise ships, talking about um, mainly travel, uh, mm -hmm. destinations, business, a few of the subjects there, just to entertain the passengers on board. And of course, that didn't happen last year. Um, so, <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, but I've, but since then, I've, <clears throat> instead of, because I was traveling on business, I always went to the business hubs, capital cities, which were fine, by the way. Some, mm. Most were great. Some were horrid. It doesn't matter. It's all part of doing business. But since then, yes. I retired. I started traveling off the beaten track a little bit. And that's what I do right now. And to be honest with you, staying here at home for all this time is driving me bonkers, <laughs> so to speak. But looking forward, yes, I am looking yes. forward to uh, hitting the road later on this year. And I expect as you said many people are as well so that's basically yeah. it in a nutshell um where i am today and where i was quite a few years ago 
And I, I love what you say. It is so important. I'm a firm believer of, you know, if you're going to travel or just communicate with people from other countries, you need to start to understand their culture. And it's not just, you know, before I went to Singapore, somebody, you know, told me about handing the business card with two hands and, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of kind of almost the Japanese culture in there, but the, the respect that shows of taking the time to learn about another culture, it not only enriches you, but it, it kind of lubricates the relationship or the potential business relationship. It creates some of that, that good feeling that can not only ease some of the tensions, but it can create more opportunities for positive interactions. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I did that, but it's a continual learning experience for me. The more I learn about stuff, the more I want to do it. You know, there's, I follow a lot of the world indexes as well. You mentioned Singapore. I lived there for a couple of years, by the way. But Singapore, for example, has the highest IQ rating in the world for population. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So things like that, you know, obviously I live in the United States. A lot of things we do well. A lot of things we uh, don't do as well as other countries. So it's important, I think, that we should all learn a little bit from each other as we go along in life. And mm-hmm. uh, traveling to places even though pretty obscure there's always something to learn and it's maybe surprising you know what you can pick up along the way so it's very enlightening for me and that's the type of thing I talk about on cruise ships as well it's surprising you know what you learn along the way and uh, I like telling people about those experiences so it's all good right now yeah I agree and and it is tough when we're not traveling because I mean as you know I know um, when it's not you know, a pandemic, I fly at least 100,000 miles a year. And, you know, that's kind of what I did. And so all of us who travel like that, the road warriors, there was this sense, first of all, of, okay, I'm going to sleep for a month. <laughs> and then I was like, now what am I going to do? I don't really want to paint the bathroom. That does not seem like fun activity. I, you know, I'd rather be doing something else. But it has really made me appreciate even more um, as we get to travel at my whole team that works for me, for instance, is based out of Kenya. And I was supposed to go there in November. Oh. And uh, so now we're planning something bigger. And, you know, I'm really, I can't wait to get there because it's, it's such the sense of every time I travel somewhere, especially brand new, especially a place that is very different than what I know, I come back feeling like the world is so much, not smaller in in a way, it's hard to kind of say smaller, but it just reminds me so much more that, you know, for every disagreement that we have, which every argument we have, whatever way we see each other different, we're still at the same. Yeah, core. of course we are. We yeah. want to live happy lives. We want to be productive. We want to make a difference. You know, we want to be, have great families. And, and every time I see that in a different culture, it is so rewarding. Yeah. And you see it, right? It can be such an obscure place. I mentioned Bhutan um before bhutan is sort of been cut off from the rest of the world for centuries it's coming around at its own pace mm-hmm. but they're so i should say protective of their culture heritage mm-hmm. and they will come around eventually and it looks almost like a third world country but it's not it's the way they want to be and you know what they are very happy there yeah. you know and they will restrict the number of foreigners they allow in their country but they are a, a one big happy family so to speak it's a wonderful yeah. place yeah, you can't argue with that. You know, just because we think maybe something should be different doesn't mean that that's what somebody wants. And learning to recognize that and respect it is really important. Oh, oh exactly. Now, I, I've spoken to a few people where I live, you know, and, uh, they, you know, I, I always mean this in a nice way. And they said, 
yeah, we live in the greatest country on the world, in the, in the world. And I said to him, okay, so what factors determine that? Mm-hmm. And I hear the answer, well, we are. Well, uh, okay. Yeah, well, because we, I said so. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I said, oh, okay. Well, I don't really get into too much um, into deep discussion about that subject because it it, it is that, that that's the way they feel, and I, I respect that. But it's surprising, as you said, when you go and learn about the way other people live in the world. Yeah, we're pretty much all the same, and we all have our bad ways and habits, mm-hmm. and but there's always a good side generally to probably everyone really. So Absolutely. Ongoing, ongoing um, uh, path of education for me. So I'm going to keep doing it until the day I can't or die on the job, so to speak. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> so what made you want to start writing and, and putting putting this down? Actually, it was my mother. Uh, my mother, my parents were World War II vets, but they, they came over to see me and I have to move in America quite a few times. And, and I started to travel a lot. My mother said, you ought to write a book. I said, well, why? Um, <laughs> and he said, just so you could remember stuff, because my mother mm. eventually had Alzheimer's. But yeah. so, but to do that, I thought, well, maybe it's it. Now, I wrote the books mainly because they're journals uh, of uh, which reflect on experiences I had, either traveling on business or pleasure. Mm. And I always looked at it as a thing to do when I get older. I could be bedridden or just unable to travel, I can read one of my old books and look at it and read this. Damn, mm-hmm. this is a good book. Who is this guy? <laughs> oh, it's me. <laughs> I, that's the way I thought. But the funny yeah. thing is, a lot of people should do this. I know people, uh, 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 quite a few people do it today. But your know, photographs, videos, yeah. Yeah. sometimes people don't keep words around. Yeah, And it's very important. And I've got a bunch of souvenirs in my office here, which I keep pick up periodically. So I think it's good to keep words around to read about this stuff later on in life. And if, if even if my son later on wants to read one of my books, he can. And he, and he said, right. oh, dad, dad was just a nutcase, you know. <laughs> I'll let him deal with that. But I think it's important to, um, to document stuff. And that's why I do it, really. I love it. Uh, you know, it's interesting you say that because my husband and I, we just realized, I don't know, in the last week, week and a half, that there was something that we used to do when we traveled and we haven't done it for probably almost three years. And it was, we were just flipping through pictures and um, we came across, uh, you know, um, some kind of writing in notes, you know, like yep. in our phones um, or on our iPads. And so when we, when we used to travel at the end of every day, we'd spend a half an hour remembering all the things we did that day, you yep. know? So, I mean, like our first trip to Ireland is completely documented, you know, every oh, pub we were in every, I had every, the whole 10 days we were there. I had a seafood chowder every day for lunch. So it's like my glad seafood chowder this time. It only had scallops, but, and it was kind of a red sauce or whatever, you know, and it was, it documented everything. And it was so amazing. And we both looked at each other and said, how many trips have we spent taken since then that we didn't write things down? No. Yes. You know? Even it doesn't have to be always a good stuff. It's also yeah. the stupid stuff we get into, you know, yeah. and people make mistakes along the way. So put that down because we can always look back and laugh a little. Mm-hmm. at ourselves or you can tell someone else one of your relatives and friends guess what happened to me you know when i went to this place all good 
So I'm going to keep on doing it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've got five books done now. So maybe there'll be another one a couple of years or so. I just have to see how it goes when I, I get the it. urge. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Malcolm, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to find out where you think everyone should go. Okay. Solopreneurs and small businesses often struggle to create effective digital marketing programs. It's hard to know where to start, what to prioritize, how to sift through confusing information and solutions that seem too good to be true. Agencies and full-time marketing employees are also expensive. And Marketing You is a modern marketing course with all the tools, education, and accountability you need to grow your business without that extra set of hands or high overhead costs. At And Marketing You, you will learn exactly what you need to do to execute a concrete marketing strategy by dedicating just two to four hours per week. And Marketing You will help you to execute strategy, messaging, content marketing, SEO, social media, paid digital advertising, and more. You'll have access to on-demand resources, live courses, group coaching sessions, community forums, and networking, plus the exact templates and tools you need for success. I took this course myself, and one of the greatest benefits we gained was learning to develop a competitive strategy that aligned our social media playbook and website to generate highly qualified leads. For all the tools, education, and accountability you need to grow your small business at a fraction of the cost of hiring a traditional agency or additional employee, go to www.and-marketing.com forward slash you. Again, that's www.and-marketing.com forward slash you. And use the code SHOCK to receive 10% off of any program. And we are back with Malcolm Teasdale and we are talking about all things travel and documenting the process and, you know, really living in it and experiencing it, not only the good times, but obviously the mishaps, you know, the time that my husband and I kind of got, uh, we were in Ireland and we, we were walking out on this kind of like cliff area and we had to walk through all these pastures. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we realized we'd been out overlooking. And in the meantime, the farmer had brought all the cows back in. <laughs> and we had to sneak by all the cows to get back to our oh bed breakfast. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm like, I'm glad there's no bull in here, but these cows are kind of scary. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I've asked, um, you've been to a, a lot of amazing places. And like you said, many of the major cities, especially in your business travels, but some other remote places. But what, if you had to pick one place that you think that everyone should consider going, what, what place would that be and why? Oh, I was going to give you three, actually, but I can give you oh, one. Perfect. Oh, no, you can give me three. I'll take three. I'm in. Yeah, I, I would do the, these three because it's, it's, it's not what the, the general population would think of doing, so to speak. Okay. Are they easy to get to? Not really. It's not like flying up to New York, no, but it, it's doable. So if I had to say to people, you know, place to go to that would give you everlasting memories that you will never ever forget, you know. And you go down to the beach, have a good time, but you know, you went down the beach. But this, so these three places will will provide you with memories to last you forever: the country of Bhutan, mm -hmm. the country of Mongolia, and the autonomous region of Tibet. Okay. Tell us more. 
Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit. I mean, you, you talked a little bit about Bhutan. Um, let's talk about Mongolia, Mongolia a little bit. Mongolia, yeah. I flew into um, the capital Ulaanbaatar, uh, different ways of pronouncing that and spelling it, by the way. So I stayed in the city for uh, two or three days, and then I took off into the wilderness. And uh, there's a, a national park not far away called Terrells National Park. And I stayed in a, a tent, Mongolian tent. It's called a jur, G-E-R, sometimes called okay. jur. And I spent time there. It's fantastic. But the scenery in Mongolia in the wilderness is quite unlike anywhere else on the planet. If you could picture what Mars may look like, this could be it. So, mm. yeah, I spent a day with a nomadic family. Um, I mingled with the nomads and their best friends, which are very large birds of prey. So um, I had a vulture on my arm with an oh. eight foot wingspan. It could have killed me right there. Golden eagle, white eagle, and uh, there's some temples which are high up. So I did some trekking, hiking, um, spent time with the nomadic family in their property, which is a, a tent with their family. It was great. Uh, wow. Just an unbelievable experience. And uh, just being out in the wilderness, almost isolated, was a, a fabulous experience. And I remember asking the nomadic family, I said, why don't you just pack your bags, move back to Ulaanbaatar, in the, 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 uh, which is a capital, which contains mm -hmm. half the population of Mongolia. And the, the gentleman in the house said, not a chance. Mm -hmm. We'd never do that because that's where the ancestors grew up and they prefer living in the wilderness. So, oh. yeah, it's unbelievable scenery. Uh, it's a great adventure. And oh. it's yeah. How did you how did you end up finding a, a nomadic family to stay at? I mean, that's you don't just like look that up on Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't I didn't stay with them by the way. I had my own. Uh, I was in a Jure campsite, but I went to visit them for a day, and before I I knew I was going to visit them, so I picked up some um, some stuff from my local grocery store in Ulaanbaatar, like some English breakfast tea and some goodies for the kids. So I took them as gifts for their hospitality and they, they invited me in for lunch. We drank. Um, I'm not sure what we drank. I can't <laughs> describe it. And then they, they pass a snuff bottle around, you know, okay. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. And, uh, Say no more. And then the cattle, was, they asked me to come outside with them and the cattle, they had a number of cattle, but the cattle go out grazing all day long, but they find their own way back in the evening. Wow. They just, do it. They just know where to go each day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I've seen pictures of the Mongolian people with those, uh, with the birds of prey. I've, there's, uh, there's one that pops into my mind. And I think it might've been from even somebody's website that I just interviewed for this, where, you know, kind of all the, the, almost, is it leather like garb? I don't know what they're wearing, but it looks it looks very impressive. I think I'd want to have all that on me if I was having one of those vultures on me. Yeah, I had one on my. I had, I had a glove on my arm, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, they they go out and hunt the the animals for the nomads, and they 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 feed the vultures as well. So it's a it's a two way street really. But yeah, I mean this vulture. I was six inches away from this vulture's beak. Wow, nice bird. I called him Victor, Victor the vulture, and the nomad liked that. Thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then I oh, had a... you're, you're like, hey, you're a nice bird. Let's stay a nice bird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm a nice, I'm a friend. I am not yes. prey. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we got on well. That's the main thing. <laughs> then uh, tell tell me a little bit about Tibet. Uh, Tibet, yeah, I did. This is on my uh, book, but book at least is an overused term as far as I'm concerned. But I use it. Um, I went there because I'd always wanted to see what it was all around about, mm-hmm. to see where the Dalai Lama lives until until 1959, right. I think. Um, so got to, went to, you can't go there by yourself, by the way, it is restricted. Mm-hmm. And there's a process to be able to get in there. It's a bit strange, but nevertheless, I landed at Lhasa, Tibet, and I signed up with a tour group there. And I stayed in an old uh, Tibetan house. It was, mm-hmm. It's a guest house, but it was very authentic. And we congregated each day. We had a little mini bus, it was just a group of us. And we toured the, um, the sites of the city of Lhasa. Mm. And obviously, this is a city that you look at the way people are there. They're, this place is steeped in religion, Buddhism, of course. But it's, you know, the people walk around with prayer beads and uh, they're praying on the. It looks like something back sent from centuries ago. Uh, but the, the buildings there, architecture, something to behold, like Patala Palace, where the Dalai Lama lived. Is, there's a hundred thousand sculptures in there and a thousand rooms. It's it's quite the wow. place. And when you go in there, you get the realization that you are in a place of importance. So mm. it's just got this aura about it, and it's absolutely uh, uh, fabulous. Um, so that's worth doing if you're into that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, wow. got to learn a bit about the way that people live there. And, uh, great experience. Well, and I love it because, you know, as you talked about all three, Bhutan, Mongolia, and Tibet, you're talking about the way people live and what's important to them and their sense of pride in, you know, how their life and following their ancestors or being, you know, uh, or being very um, uh, careful and and considerate of their culture, you know, in Bhutan or, you know, the religious uh, sacredness of, of Tibet. And I think that's, you know, that's when when we can recognize those elements of other people and other cultures, we really gain a huge appreciation for then the differences in in other people, not just other cultures from, you know, US there or from the UK there, but really about the differences of what's important to people exactly. and, and how we can respect that. Yeah. Yeah. It's another case, if I dare to remember, uh, mention it, I, I trekked the Himalayas in Nepal and I stayed in some mountain villages very high up and it's a very close knit society. Even the children wore school uniforms each day to go to school. This is like several thousand feet up in the mountains and they got the buses there and you know, they got the farmland there close to the community. People are just happy. They're pretty contented Mm -hmm. where they live and uh, probably better living out in the boonies there and rather in the city of Kathmandu, which is actually total complete chaos, but, Anyway, that's my opinion, but beautiful scenery <laughs> and uh, eye-opening experience, you know. Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. Fantastic. I love it. I think I shall add them to my list, which means my list is getting so big. I'm going to have to live to 300 to be able to go to all these places, but we'll keep on working on that. You know, you got to get up and yeah. run every day. Add it to the list. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm, we'll have all your um, contact information on our show notes, including all the links to your books. But just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, because they can't wait to find you and learn more about you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, my website's malcolmjteasdale.com. Or you can, they can, you can just Google Malcolm Teasdale. There's links to stuff out there that 
you know, the sites where you'll see my mug shot doing stuff on cruise ships and books and, <laughs> and, and podcasts, right? So, yeah. So that, that's it. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, make sure you spell my name correctly. Two L's in Malcolm. So I'm on LinkedIn. I do have a, a Facebook account called Traveling Addict, which I'm a travel addict, of course, by definition. I love it. Yeah. So that's it. But all things for people who want to know more, if they're interested in the books I've got and they want to read some about this, it's factual, it's quirky, and it's sort of risque at times. And those, those are the best I can describe the incidences. I've been to some places of questionable merit, I may add, but it all adds up to, you know, the, the experiences that I can look back on and laugh, giggle and admire. But that's all that all our information is on my website, malcolmjtsdale.com. So if people want I love it. Yeah. I love it. And before we go, Malcolm, what are your last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Well, if because I know um, your show is about business and this part's about travel. So my words of wisdom with business, when I started um, a business we brought in, because we were software developers, we brought in a lot of computer science people. However, they were academically qualified, but in business, this is my saying, the best degree in the world you can have is a degree in common sense. Mm, amen. Yes, and that, that's important. And with travel, if you have a bucket list, start working on it now before it's mm -hmm. too late. We've learned how fragile this world is. Don't have any regrets when you're laying in your bed and unable to travel anymore. Just saying. Amen. Amen. I agree to everything you said. I think it's fantastic. Malcolm, thank you so much for being my guest today. It has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and learning a little bit about your traveling addiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me again. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.